Each year, millions of Americans visit the doctor for their regular mammograms, colonoscopies, pap smears, and lung scans. But for many patients, they're free. And a steady stream of public service announcements tell us they can save our lives. If you smoked, get scanned. Don't miss life's greatest moments. It's simple. Get screened for colon cancer. Get your mammogram. It might save your life. These screenings can catch suspicious bumps, lumps, and masses, but they rarely tell you whether you definitively have cancer. To find that out, most patients need follow-ups. But to learn about your potentially life-changing news, you'd need to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on the next batch of tests. Today, the push to get patients out of this cancer screening purgatory. From the studio at the Leonard Davis Institute at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein. This is Tradeoffs. If you've gotten a free cancer screening in the past decade, you likely have Dr. Mark Fendrick to thank. I have to tell you that the intuitive idea of having more of the good stuff in healthcare and less of the bad stuff uh, seemed to be pretty well received. Mark is a physician and director of the Center for Value-Based Insurance Design at the University of Michigan. Mark helped design a popular part of the Affordable Care Act that made nearly 100 preventative care services free, including screenings for some of America's deadliest cancers. One estimate finds pre-ACA, people with private insurance spent $600 on average to get colonoscopies to get scanned for colorectal cancer. Since the law passed in 2010, people pay nothing. To think that an idea might impact over 150 million Americans by allowing them to have greater access to services that we're incredibly certain are going to help their quality of life is... uh, a professional moment of a lifetime. But by 2016, Mark began to see what amounted to be a major flaw in the part of Obamacare that he helped write, and it was happening right in front of him. I learned of this in my own practice. A patient had just opted to skip a free in-home colorectal cancer screening test. The resident who treated that person explained why. Because they heard their neighbor had the exact same test, got that test for free, but when the test turned positive, they had to pay over $1,000 to get a follow-up colonoscopy, which is the essential and necessary test to determine whether a patient has cancer or not. The episode helped Mark realize that the problem is that the ACA required only initial screening tests to be free. So if the first screening test a patient got was a colonoscopy, no charge. But if the patient did an at-home test, had a positive result, and needed a colonoscopy to confirm if she had cancer, that could cost thousands of dollars. Mark was angry. He'd advocated that the whole spectrum of tests to diagnose cancer should be free. The point was to encourage early detection and save lives. Mark wanted to know how often were patients facing expensive follow-up tests that were necessary to diagnose the cancer. It became quickly evident that this was not a rare instance. Mark and his colleagues dug into data from health insurers and started publishing papers. Showing that out-of-pocket costs for follow-up testing is common, and the out-of-pocket costs are substantial. Their research showed these expensive follow-up tests were also a problem for patients getting screened for breast, cervical, and lung cancer. 
The ACA had mandated insurers cover screenings for all four cancers after a panel of independent experts found the benefits far outweighed any risks. People with private insurance or Medicare were paying on average between $100 and $400 to diagnose these cancers, in some cases, much, much more. To put all that into context, the Federal Reserve reports one in every three Americans struggles to afford an unexpected $400 bill. The emotional toll of being told that your first test is positive and you may have cancer is huge. Add on top of that a financial burden that either might put you into dire straits financially or lead you to give up on food, rent, or gas. And this infuriated me. Mark was flummoxed. He felt regulators and health insurers had distorted the original intent of the preventative care provision, which was to make the entire diagnostic process free. And they'd left millions of vulnerable patients nationwide with more questions than answers. We've asked these patients to get on this treadmill. Now they need to pay to get off it. So Mark rounded up his old ACA allies to propose a federal fix. 2,000 miles west of Ann Arbor, epidemiologist Gloria Coronado in Portland, Oregon, had identified the same colorectal payment problem as Mark just a few years earlier. Nobody really wants to talk about poop. (laughs) But Gloria did. She knew that screening for the second deadliest cancer in the country could do more than catch cancer early. She says during a colonoscopy, physicians can remove precancerous growths called polyps, which Gloria compares to weeds. When a doctor goes in with a colonoscope to view your colon, they take out all these polyps, just like you take out weeds in your garden. And once those polyps are taken out, the patient won't get colorectal cancer. Gloria studies health disparities at the Kaiser Permanente Center for Health Research. After these new ACA provisions kicked in, she worked with safety net clinics in Oregon and California to help get more low-income patients and patients of color tested. National data from 2012 had shown big disparities, with half as many safety net clinic patients getting regular screenings as patients with private insurance. Gloria thought these free tests could close the gap, but she found clinic doctors conflicted. They were really struggling with how can we ethically and practically promote fit testing when we know that patients might face financial barriers to getting that follow-up procedure done. Gloria saw a rare opportunity, a chance to do more than research inequities. She had the ear of an influential Oregon state representative. Gloria explained it was clear that the cost was preventing low-income patients from getting screened, and it could be fixed by policy. This was just a ding-ding-ding situation. In 2014, Oregon became the first state to change the law to require both Medicaid and some private insurance plans to make these follow-up colonoscopies free for patients. At the same time, the state also expanded its Medicaid program, nearly doubling the number of low-income patients who were eligible for colorectal cancer screenings. What the expansion did was bring in adults who had not seen their doctor for years. Finally, the Oregon Medicaid program handed out bonuses for increased screening rates. Together, all these changes worked. What had once been a 40% disparity in screening rates between Medicaid patients and people with private insurance evaporated 
in just three years. And data showed that the state's community health centers were doing more of these screenings than their peers in neighboring states. I think that both of those data points are pretty compelling that policy can make a difference. Gloria's phone started ringing. Can we do the same thing in Washington? Can we do the same thing in California? And and what about in Minnesota? She said it seemed like everybody wanted to borrow from her playbook. And at least eight more states have closed this coverage gap since 2014, including Kentucky, Arkansas, and California. Meanwhile, Mark Fendrick had been making progress at the federal level. This year, he helped convince federal regulators to start forcing private insurance companies to cover these tests. Medicare is expected to do the same beginning in 2023. But remember, all this work, all this momentum is only for one cancer. Millions of other patients continue dealing with expensive follow-up tests for lung, breast, and cervical cancers. After the break, other advocates pick up Gloria's blueprint and Mark grapples with some tough math. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. Today, we're looking at a key provision of the Affordable Care Act that encourages people to get free cancer screenings. But there was a hitch. Only the first screening test was free. If there was a positive result or a suspicious growth, it could leave a person on the hook for hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars for additional tests to confirm if it was cancer or not. Advocates and researchers have managed to close that loophole for colorectal cancer with follow-up colonoscopies now free. But people with three other cancers, lung, breast, and cervical, which combine to kill 200,000 Americans every year, still face those costs for tests to verify if they have cancer. I'd like to now call on Leslie Croft. Thank you. Uh, you Patients like breast cancer survivor Leslie Croft in order for you to understand the importance that this bill holds, I need you to understand my story. And the Leslie story of testified like before me. Ohio legislators last fall as they debated a bill to remedy this screening problem. She explained she needs ongoing MRIs every few years to see if her cancer resurfaces. Leslie's insurance company denied the claim for the $3,000 MRI, not budging even after multiple appeals. And I was told in no uncertain terms by them that unless I had a diagnosis of cancer, my claim was going to be denied. I'm trying to prevent cancer. And to date, I have not had my MRI yet. Testimony from Leslie and other patients helped convince Ohio lawmakers to pass a bill to require coverage for more breast cancer screenings. 
Using the colorectal cancer playbook, breast cancer advocates have pushed nine states to mandate coverage for diagnostic tests, with plans to introduce legislation in several states next year, including Florida, Missouri, and Iowa. When it comes to the other two cancers, cervical and lung, advocates told us they're in the early days of addressing this issue. Healthcare officials have determined that, for appropriate populations, cancer screenings are a valuable tool that can detect cancer early, potentially saving money and someone's life. Yet, there's still opposition to making the next round of tests needed to confirm a diagnosis in these cases free. University of Michigan's Mark Fendrick says the resistance is coming from health insurance companies. The bottom line is it comes down to dollars. Who is going to pay for it, right? Based on our reporting, it's difficult to gauge insurers' interest in picking up the full tab for this second batch of screening tests. Statements from United Healthcare and the industry trade group AHIP all told us that they support screening guidelines as laid out in the ACA, and now the new ones covering costs for additional colorectal screenings. If insurers were required to fully cover tests for the other three cancers, they would almost certainly pass those costs along in the form of higher premiums, increasing what we'd all have to pay. For insurers who may be interested in providing more screenings for these three cancers but worry about additional costs, Mark says there's a fix. He says insurance companies could work with hospitals and doctors to reduce screenings for patients who are at low risk for cancer. This is the Rob Low Value Care Peter to pay high value care Paul example. One study, for example, shows it's common for doctors to perform unnecessary pap smears on women under 21. A forthcoming book pegs the cost of overscreening for various cancers at $21.5 billion a year. Mark says if insurers could get doctors and patients to more closely follow the screening guidelines, that could free up money needed to help cover follow-up tests for people with the suspicious growths. There's enough money in the system. We just spend it on the wrong things, on the wrong people, at the wrong time, in the wrong places. Although it's taken more than a decade to make these small gains in cancer screenings, they have helped more people get more high-value tests. However, this progress could be undone after a federal judge in Texas recently ruled the provision in the ACA that requires insurers to fully cover these screenings is unconstitutional. If the provision is overturned, that could return us to the days when individual insurers decided how much of what screening tests to cover, if at all. I'm Dan Gorenstein. This is Tradeoffs. Starting October 6th, patients will be able to get their hands on more of their healthcare data than ever before. It's the latest step in a long journey toward digitizing and democratizing our health records. Think about how Kayak and Expedia work today. That's what we want our healthcare system to be able to do. We talk with the federal official leading the push to realize this health data dream next time on Tradeoffs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Trade-Offs, don't keep it to yourself. Tell someone else about it. Friend, colleague, family member. Better still, leave a rating or a review wherever you listen to us, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, wherever. 
The Tradeoffs team is producers Alex Olgan and Ryan Levy, editor Kate Cahan, executive director Jessica Silverman, audience engagement lead Shannon Crane, sound designer Andrew Perella, executive editor Dan Gorenstein, and senior producer Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman, with additional music this episode from Epidemic Sound and Blue Dot Sessions. This episode is part of a series on low-value care, supported in part by Arnold Ventures. Additional thanks to Molly McDonnell, Molly Guthrie, and Ruth Carlos. Thanks also to all our listeners who helped to support our work, including Andy Abramowitz, Kate Spangler, and Elizabeth Munich. Our media partner is SideFX Public Media, based at WFYI. Tradeoffs is supported by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Arnold Ventures, West Health, the Scan Foundation, the Better Care Playbook, the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics at the University of Pennsylvania, the Sozoze Foundation, and the National Institute for Healthcare Management Foundation. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of trade-off staff, advisors, or funders. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.